What's up, cold weather bats people? This is Brandon Justice coming to you to talk about Great Lakes Bat Company. Find them online at greatlakesbatco.com. They sponsor the show. I got a glowing review about Great Lakes the other day. I got a call from Evan Petrovicius, my buddy, head coach at Riverview High School. He calls me up. He says, Brandon, it took me 20 minutes. I ordered five custom fungals within days they were shipped, and I think by tomorrow they'll all already be there. Be like Evan. Order your staff some custom fungos and get them within days from greatlakesbatco.com. Welcome into episode 14 of Cold Weather Bats. This is our first quote unquote in season episode as we come to you on when you're hearing this, the second day of tryouts, and we are recording this on the first day of tryouts. Joined by me, as always, is Brian Sikowski, and I am Brandon Justice. Very special episode today as we unveil our first Cold Weather Bats Super 25, what we believe to be the one comprehensive ranking among Michigan baseball, regardless of division. And then we also interview Grand Blank head coach, noted state championship choice in division one by Brian Sikowski, uh, Kevin Hubs. So pretty stacked show today, a fun show. Uh, I think a show a lot of people have been looking forward to from a poll standpoint, one that quite honestly, I've been looking forward to. Uh, Brian, what say you? Yeah, man, we've been... uh you know, we've been pumping this up for for months now. It seems like this idea we had of of doing this Super Twenty Five. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to finally put it out there. Um, as a guy who, in his day job, uh, ranks things frequently, you know, um, this was a uh, both a comfort and a distressor <laughs> from my perspective because it's like, all right, well, yeah, I'm used to spending time on the phone and, and digging and researching and then moving stuff around in a Google doc and, and ranking stuff. But at the same time, like usually the rankings I put out in my day job end up with me getting yelled at by somebody. So, you know, let's uh, hope that uh, we can all be cordial with this. Um, preseason rankings while fun and while um, important's not the right word, but thought provoking, um, don't really mean anything. And we're saying that as people who are going to be putting them out, uh, the games are won on the field. The games have to be played and we'll find out who the best team is, best teams in the state are in a few months. Like that's just reality, but we're, we're definitely excited to get going. And with all that being said, uh, it is, it was a process, um, to put it in the, in the least, I guess, impactful way possible. It was a process, but it was really, it was like, like you said, thought provoking among the poll itself. But between us, like when we were figuring this whole thing out, it was kind of like, ah, um, I think 14, uh, yeah, no, we'll put that at 15. It's just one of those things where it's a measure teams without a whole lot of internal knowledge of them was difficult. Uh, obviously we have a pretty good idea of who these teams are going to be at the top and a little bit as far as like looking at their past, given like their coaching or, or what have you, the program's consistency and all of that. Um, but really this was hard. I mean, this was not easy, but you talk about preseason rankings and you make a great point because they're certainly worth something, but they're not worth a whole lot because by week, by our, our week two poll, 
which we're doing this every other week. So uh, by that poll, this could look very different, right? Like who knows what go, what go, who knows what happens when all these teams go out there? I mean, shoot, they haven't taken the field in nearly two years. So you know, it's just one of those things where this preseason poll is really cool because for us, we'll be able to look back and see like, okay, like what were we right on? What were we wrong on? And then apart from that. I think teams maybe I don't think teams are huddling up like, oh, let's get in the cold weather bat super twenty five with this win. Like I don't think that's going to happen. But I think at the same time, like this is going to be a measure of, of where your program is at week by week uh, in the state of Michigan. And I think that's just something that they haven't had before and something that's really exciting for all of us. Yeah, and we're gonna look at it, I think, a little bit more analytically than some of the other polls out there. You know, like if you have like a four and week, that's cool, but who did you beat? You know, like that's going to be important to us. Maybe you went three and two over the course of a week, but like you played, I don't know, two or three really good teams in that stretch. And like splitting a four game series with blank isn't it is in and of itself more impressive than maybe winning against, you know, two bad teams like something like that. We're, we're going to have our um, it's definitely not going to be a scientific process that we can write down and like, you know, hammer out. Uh, there's going to be a lot of abstract subjectivity uh, when it comes to this. But yes, I I mean, I I think we're going to do a good job with it. I I think it's going to be fun. And I think that uh, especially with the the group of coaches who have been so good as as far as like responding to us with our thoughts and and responding with their thoughts and and helping us to kind of build what was a rough draft into a final product and and this, that, and the other thing, like I I think we're going to do a pretty good job. Yeah, and I think that the, res- the responses we've gotten so far, because we did we did send this to the coaches who emailed us and all of that. So so they've seen this poll uh, in its inception here. And the reception we got was a lot of just, hey, thanks for doing this for, for Michigan baseball. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to do with this whole show. Again, is just trying to light up Michigan baseball any way that we can. And I think that this poll just further reflects that and gives us another avenue to, uh, to do that. And uh, pretty excited about it. And I hope everybody else is too. So with all that being said, we've got to take a lot of time at the end of this show to go through the rankings. But before we get there, we're going to talk to Kevin Hubbs from Grand Blank, the head coach at Grand Blank. Uh, He talks a little bit about his origins, how he got to where he's at with GB, and then also his 2021 team, who uh, is expected to do some pretty big things this year. So we will take you right into that interview right now. Cold Weather Bats, preseason special, or technically by the time you're going to be hearing this, we'll already be in the season, uh, which is good news for everybody involved, including our guest this week, Coach Kevin Hubbs from Grand Blank High School. My uh, my pick to win the Division One state title this year, so we obviously wanted to get Coach, Coach Hubbs on the show as soon as we could. Coach, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I, uh, I love the show. Love what you guys do. Thank you. Um, we'll, we'll just jump right into it. Coach, can you kind of give us your, uh, the, the coaching origin story of Kevin Hubbs? Like what took you to grand blank? Like, are you a grand blankian, you know, like, <laughs> uh, I'm surprised you didn't call it grand Blanc Cause that's what, you know, everybody seems to call it. My dad's, my dad's side of the family is from Flushing. So I am somewhat familiar with the area. Yes. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well, um, myself, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not from Grand Blank. I'm, uh, I grew up in Mount Morris, um, which is in Genesee County. 
um, but you know, is brought to Grand Blank um, by for a teaching position. Um, you know, I'm a special ed teacher at the high school, so this is my thirteenth uh, year there, and um, you know, I was an assistant for about six years to uh, JD Wheeler, who's actually the um, athletic director at Heartland right now. And then I took over about five years ago. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, my story of, you know, getting to grand blank. So before we dive into the 2021 season, give us a little bit of your history in your tenure at grand blank, some of the high points, maybe some of the challenging points, uh, just take us through what's led to, uh, today. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Grand Blank, uh, you know, is, is a large school. I mean, I think we're, you know, second or third largest in the state, uh, up near 28, 2,900 kids. Um, you know, we've had solid, you know, baseball teams in the past, um, you know, but really, you know, have never made, you know, um, you know, a lot of noise in the state tournaments, actually up until about. 12 years ago was our first district championship ever. Um, so that was something, you know, that when I was an assistant, um, we, you know, took a lot of pride in that. That was the first district title that Grand Blank had won. Um, Grand Blank is really known for a lot of the, you know, so-called country club sports, uh, golf championships, tennis, swimming, um, you know, that's where most of the state titles and things like that have, have been won uh, over the years and you know recently you know we've um, also had some you know good basketball teams and you know our football teams have you know done done well um, you know in the playoffs and things like that um, but you know it's just something that you know really you know myself uh, some of my other coaches and the parents in the community has really put a lot of time and effort uh, into building this program you know, up to, uh, to get it to, you know, the level that we aspire to, um, which, you know, is in the conversation, you know, <laughs> today, which is, just, it's awesome to be here and awesome to be, you know, considered with so many of the great teams that you guys have mentioned over the last several weeks. So. Can you kind of take us through the area? I, you know, Grand Blank realistically is not that far from Metro Detroit. Like as far as Metro Detroit reaches, we're really we're really not talking about too far outside of that circle here. But for the folks, you know, like like Brandon and I, for example, both Metro Detroiters, who are who are the rivals? Like who are the perennial powerhouses in that like kind of greater Flint area? You know, like who do you guys run into every year? Who's the rivalry? You know, anything like that? Yeah. So, um, you know, for us personally, um, you know, Davison is a big rival of ours because we play them in the Saginaw Valley conference. Um, you know, other really good teams every year, Flushing, Fenton, um, you know, we play them non-league, uh, usually. Um, but you know, it's, it's been kind of you know weird for us the last, you know, several years because we've kind of moved around, um, not sure if you're familiar, but we were in the KLAA conference for quite a, quite a while, you know, with Brighton and Heartland and Howell. Then, uh, you know, a few years back, we, you know, got switched over into the Saginaw Valley. So we've kind of, you know, rekindled some of those old rivalries. Um, 
and you know kind of made some some new ones with some of those uh, other Saginaw Valley teams from the north. So I know uh, Swan Valley has a, a pretty good pitcher that might be able to match up with the big arm that you have uh, in Golden Soft and Lally. So, and we will we'll segue that right into your 2021 season. Talk about the roster that you have going into this year. What you're looking forward to? Obviously, we have put a little spice into that hype train, uh, given Bryant's pick. But go ahead and break it down from your <laughs> perspective on what you see coming in 2021 for your team. Yeah, well, Brian, first off, I think you're the most popular guy in Grand Blank right now. So, uh, <laughs> kudos, kudos to you. You got a free, uh, you know, free Ziggy's ice cream cone coming your way and coming to town or something. Um, no, I'm, you know, we're really excited about this year's team. We were really excited about last year's team, uh, you know, too. Uh, and it all starts with pitching. Um, you know, our pitching staff is, is deep. Um, you know, we have, you know, anywhere from, you know, probably 10 to 12 kids that, you know, they can get it up there, you know, 80 plus, um, and, you know, and have some good command of the, of the ball and, uh, you know, have a good secondary pitch to boot. So, um, you know, it starts with pitching for us, um, pitching and defense. That's, you know, kind of the way I was raised, um, you know, that'll keep you in any game. So, um, you know, I'm really excited about that. And, uh, you know, our biggest question mark really will be, you know, how well our kids hit the ball. Um, you know, that's always, you know, the question mark, you know, for me uh, and probably a lot of other high school coaches is, you know, how are some of these kids going to react to, you know, facing mid upper eighties with a good sharp breaking ball? Um, you know, it can be eye opening for some of the, some of the juniors or, you know, kids that's their first year on the, on the varsity. Um, they take, you know, their lumps a little bit early, but, um, you know, we just tell the kids to, you know, keep their confidence and, you know, trust their preparations and, uh, you know, the kids, you know, play a lot of good ball year round too and stuff like that. So, uh, so, you know, we feel good about it. Coach, to your point about, uh, you know, guys kind of getting their first introduction to, you know, velocity or good breaking balls or on the varsity level. And especially with the explosion of the player dev systems in Michigan and, and Brandon and I have talked about this on the show before, but you know, we're talking about kids who regardless of summer ball, like take summer ball out of it. Some of these kids have not had a high school at bat yet who will be counted on. And this is statewide. Some of these kids have, have either, you know, maybe they had three high school at bats when they were sophomores and now they're seniors. You know, what is the, what is the way that you prepare them for something like that? Is it, is it more of a mental thing? Is it just like them seeing velocity off of a, you know, off of a, a, a velo gun, like whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's no, to me, at least, I mean, there's no perfect, you know, answer. I mean, the only, you know, the best thing I can tell you is experience, you know, getting out there and seeing, you know, these guys as much as you possibly can. Um, and that was kind of one of the big uh, areas, you know, when I took over the program that, you know, I wanted to push our kids out to play the best that they possibly could. Um, you know, our non-league schedules, you know, if you look at them, um, you know, they're as tough as, you know, probably anybody in the state. And, you know, that's, they do that by, uh, by choice. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if you look at our records the last, you know, probably five years, I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, gonna, you know, win any coach of the year awards or something like that, because, you know, we have a lot of 500 type records, 
Um, you know, but you know, we do that for, you know, the purpose of seeing as many, you know, top level arms as we possibly can. Um, so, you know, by the time you know, we get to tournaments and, and things like that, our kids have, are well adapted to it. And, uh, you know, I guess in practices and things, you know, we try to throw, you know, as much high velocity stuff at them as possible. Uh, so they get used to it. Um, you know, have our, you know, our guys throw bullpens live and, and do some simulated stuff. Uh, and then indoors, yeah, a lot of the, um, you know, pitching machine, high velos and, and stuff like that. And we, we utilize, you know, driveline bats and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're big in, in that sort of thing too. Um, but you know, you just, you have to anymore because, you know, like you said, with the development of kids these days, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, in Michigan with, you know, all the indoor stuff and, you know, all the great coaching that is available out there. I mean, you know, these, the talent's never been better that, that it is right now. So, so coach, I know I mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to bring it up again and kind of center this question around it. Uh, it's no secret. Brian picked you guys to win the state title in our uh, state championship picks last week. And there was a little bit of a buzz and engagement there on our social media. So I got to ask you, what was the reception like on your end? And uh, did you have to give a message to anybody to kind of, Hey, like stay within yourself or uh, you know, where did, where was that ad and how have you been dealing with it? <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, uh, it was cool. It was cool for the kids to hear. And, uh, you know, some of them, you know, got a good chuckle out of it. And, you know, the parents, you know, they, they thought it was a bigger deal than the kids did. Mm-hmm. It's usually how it goes. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, speaking <laughs> of, uh, you know, um, you know, David Lally and, you know, I talked to his dad, uh, Dave senior quite a bit. And I mean, Dave senior, you know, he loves your show listens to you guys all the time, tells me, Hey, you know, check this out. They're talking about Dan blank. And, um, you know, so he's, you know, right when you guys put it out, he's the first one to listen and, you know, kind of gives me the heads up and, you know, he just, you know, told me about it. So I jumped on and listened to it. And, and, uh, he said, I said, well, well what did, you know, David say? He said, Oh, you know, you know, cool. You know, just kind of, <laughs> Oh, neat. You know, but, uh, so that's, it's, it's good. You know, it's, uh, you know, bring some attention to the program, which is great. Um, but you know, at the same time, I think the kids are, uh, pretty, pretty level headed and, uh, you know, they understand that, you know, it's preseason and the games, you know. it's, it's always funny how it's, uh, it's the kids rather even sometimes, you know, guys like us, like coaches in the game, it's the kids who remember most that the games are won on the field. You know, like it's we can we can give preseason accolades all day, and we enjoy doing it. But, but it is it is definitely the games are won and lost on the field, and we don't know a damned thing until those games happen. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's you know not just from you know parents, but you know coaches. I mean, you know, I, I you know think all the time of you know probably the same way you guys do as coaches is you know hey you know my my uh, my guys are you know should beat your guys and things like that, but. I mean, that's the cool part about the game of baseball is, you know, really anybody can, you know, beat anybody on a, on a given day, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, the right pitcher and, you know, all those sorts of things. So and you, you never know, you know, how are 16, 17 year old kids going to react? And, you know, that's the cool thing about, you know, the state tournament, um, but also, you know, kind of the downfall is that, you know, one game and you're out and, you know, it is what it is. So. 
So coach, we really appreciate you coming on and we are most definitely anticipating the season coming. I'm sure we speak for you when you probably feel the same, considering how long it's been since we've been able to step on a high school diamond, not quite competitively yet, but we are quite literally in the seventh inning stretch. At least that's how it feels. Uh, and we are almost there. So appreciate you coming on. We look forward to talking to you soon. Uh, and go ahead and tell the listeners where they can follow you guys on Twitter. Um, we're on Twitter at, uh, at GB underscore baseball. Um, so yeah, you can find us on there and you know, our schedule and, and all that good stuff. Great coach. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Now. Uh, good luck this season. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me guys. Before I send you guys home, I got to talk to you one more time about great lakes back company. These guys know what they're doing. They know what they're doing when it comes to the materials, the bats, the uniforms, the batting gloves, the custom bats, whatever it is. But really what they know is how to communicate. They know customer service. They know realistic turnaround times. They don't lie to you, folks. They get it to you when they get it to you, and they know when that's going to be, and they are very transparent about the process. But more times than not, you get your products even before then, and it's awesome. I highly recommend Great Lakes Bat Company. Find them online at greatlakesbatco.com. Great conversation with Kevin Hobbs, head coach at uh, Grand Blank just now. Um, really dove into his origin stories, what uh, what baseball is like in, in the community up there in that Metro Flint kind of area, um, as well as the outlook on his team for 2021, which I, in particular, expect to be very good, as evidenced by my Division One state championship pick a week ago. Uh, but with that being said, without any further ado... Uh, we are going to d- jump into our first ever Cold Weather Bats Super 25. James, sound effect. Sound effect. <laughs> Anyways, Brandon, you ready to go? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get after it. All right. We are going to go in ascending order. Uh, we rank 25 teams, and we have five teams in our honorable mention section. Um, these are teams that, uh, more or less, if we would have went to 30, they would have been the final five. Uh, we don't know exactly what order, but these were teams that we felt we, we wanted to rank, just kind of ran out of room a little bit. Um, and I think that's what we're going to do consistently on a, on a biweekly basis is the top 25 and then five honorable mentions or like five receiving votes or five also considered, you know, however you want to phrase it. Uh, but that's what we're going to do. And so... Our five honorable mentions for the first ever Cold Weather Bats Super 25. Drum roll, please. Cardinal Mooney out of Division 4. Um, our u- uh, unanimous state title pick for Division 4. Uh, they are in this also considered section. Um, Portage Northern, who obviously won the state title in 2019. Um Expected to have another good club per usual, uh, really good coaching out there, really good club annually. We'll ex- we expect them to have a good year. Um, staying on the west side of the state, uh, Forest Hills Eastern, another club that, uh, that looks pretty strong that uh, we're looking forward to seeing more this spring as far as like, all right, let's get out there and see what it looks like. Um, definitely another team we have our eyes on. Grand Rapids Christian. 
as far as, uh, as staying on the west side of the state again. Uh, Grand Rapids Christian, another uh, school that's good every year, another perennial power um, as far as the the private schools go on that side of the state. And then we're going to go down into the south central portion of the state and we'll have Blissfield there also. Um, Blissfield is a team of those five that I think Brandon and I would agree like. You know, if if you if we had to pick one to then like bump somebody else out of the top twenty five and, and put in, I think it might be Blissfield. Um, so they were like the proverbial number twenty six, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but yeah, they should be really good. They got dudes who mash um, some D one commits down there. Uh, Coach Tuttle is is twelve or thirteen wins away from uh, his from the the state record for wins. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that will happen soon, uh, and, and that'll be an awesome thing to see. And as a man who um, three of his high school seasons were ended by that by Coach Tuttle, um, it's a begrudging congratulations because you know my feelings are still hurt, but whatever. Um, so yeah, that's our that's our five honorable mentions, man: Mooney, Portage Northern, Forest Hills Eastern, Grand Rapids Christian, and Blissfield. Yeah, and all five of those teams could, uh, <clears throat> like you said, could make a case. Um, and like we mentioned in the intro of the show, this was difficult. So there's going to be parts where you at home are like, yeah, well, maybe like that's going to happen because I promise you, we, we probably set those things too, but, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of had to come down to, to terms with things here. Um, yeah, Blissfield's going to be really good. I think they're the best of that bunch. Um, Zach Horky, Gavin uh, Gannon are going to be really good for them. Two guys who probably I don't know if they're going to be arms at the next level because they can they can hit the crap out of the ball, especially uh, Horky, who's a catcher. Um, but I do think that they're going to do quite a bit in that league down there, and they'll win a lot of games this year. When it comes to the playoffs, I'm excited to see how how that kind of translates for them. Grand Rapids Christian has a pretty good power arm. Kyle Remington got a pretty good catcher. Sam Lejack, those are guys who are going to be good for them, um, and I think that. You mentioned the private school sector out there in the West side. I think that they'll do a pretty good job out there. Um, if, if, and when they play GRCC, that would be a great game to watch. Um, and then obviously Cardinal Mooney and uh, the consistency that Portage Northern has and the Forest Hills Eastern club, you know, all these teams could, and that's why we said, you know, by week two, all those teams could be in there. Who knows? So, um, but with that, we'll go right into 25 to 21. And we'll kind of take this team by team here rather than listing them all off. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will start with number 25, and that is Detroit Edison. Got a couple of college commits out there in Detroit Edison. Uh, Brian, you know a little bit more about this team than I do, so I'll let you take this one. Yeah, um, it's just it's a good club, man. I mean, in reality, like they're athletic. They have some star power. You know, Greg Pace is committed to Michigan. Um, Caleb Sanders is committed to Dayton. I just saw Caleb Sanders play about a month ago. Um, really intriguing two-way guy. I, I think, you know, long-term, he's, he's probably like a bat, but he gets on the mound and messes around and is 84, 87 or whatever he was with like a pretty good breaking ball. It's a really fast arm. You know, uh, he's got power. He can really, really throw in the outfield. Um, good athlete who can run. Like, I, I think that... That those are uh, two of the the mainstays there in in, uh, in that section of baseball in the, in, in Michigan, and um, they should lead them to a lot of success. And, and I think the depth of the club is good as well. Yeah, and that will take us right into twenty four. 
And this one's a little bit closer to home for both of us. We have our first downriver team. We only had two downriver teams make this list. I know everyone at home probably thought there was going to be 12 based on uh, how sometimes we we tend to speak. Um, But number 24 is Trenton. Last week, you guys might remember, uh, for all those loyal fans at home, we had Trenton pitcher Micah Ottenbright on the show. I mean, he's unquestionably one of the top pitchers in the state, uh, but the the consistent dialogue Brian and I had was uh, how will their lineup perform and what do they have arm-wise past um, Ottenbright, and that's why we stuck him at 24 because I think Ottenbright's going to do a lot of good things for them. Um, just got to see what happens with the rest of that rotation and also the lineup. And what we do know is that Todd Zalka is the definition of consistency, and he will play small ball and he will give his team the opportunity to push their opponents uh, pressure-wise defensively, and that'll always give them a chance to win regardless of the talent on their roster. Uh, And that's the advantage you get when you've got a guy who's been there for as long as Todd has. I mean, shoot, it's been, I think, 13, 14 years for him now at this point, maybe 16, somewhere in there. Um, So you got to go with Trent there at 24. Yeah, definitely. And and we we kind of agree on the fact that – you know, like one pitcher can take you a long way, but you really need two hosses to like kind of make that long, long run. And we need Trenton to we need to see what Trenton has behind Micah right now. Um, and real quickly, like we could find out in a, a span of days that we need to move them up. You know what I mean? But right now, I'm happy with where we have them. And then at 23. Uh, we've got Canton, uh, and admittedly, a team that I don't know a whole lot about, but we heard a whole lot about, especially from the coaches we had emailed with, and then as well as some coaches that we had reached out to just around the area that we know. And Canton was a team that was mentioned a lot as a, as, as a as a squad that will most definitely make some noise this year. Um, like I said, admittedly, I don't know a whole lot about this team, but I I, I I figured we had to put them in there one way or another based on all of the vetting we had from uh, third parties. Yeah, definitely. And that seems to be the uh, the general thoughts of, of the responses we got from coaches. Um, a couple of them brought up Canton. You know, like Blissfield was another one that was brought up, but but Canton was brought up a couple times, and, and that was a, a club that some coaches thought we were a little low on. Um, and that's fair. Uh, so we'll definitely be be keeping a close eye on them as we get into the season. And then at 22, we head to Ann Arbor in A2, and there's Ann Arbor Pioneer. And it's funny that these two teams ended up right next to each other because these were the two teams that we uh, got a lot of vetting from, from, from third parties. And like I said uh, before, um, you know, when a team's recommended to us, it's not like someone's going to be like, hey, I think that Liggett or I think that St. Mary's or I think that Brother Ice team is going to be good. Like, you know, every, we, we all know that. And, you know, that's not something that we're coming to coaches for right now is the, the and they know that. Right. So they're trying to give us teams who they see in that like 10 to 25 mark that maybe we don't see. Right. Because that, that 10 to 25 mark is far more interchangeable than that one to five mark is. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and Pioneer is a school that uh, Rob Sullivan has done a terrific job at as taking over the past couple of years here. And 
a school that has uh, some success throughout its program. Its athletics is always strong just because of its student body and, and the amount of concentration that's put on athletics there. Uh, you know, kitty corner to the big house, not a bad rap at all. Uh, so that is why we have Pioneer at 22, pretty strong club, very consistent club, and a school that got recommended to us quite mm-hmm. a bit. And it's just, there's an element of like, you know, longevity of performance when it comes to these things too. Um, so yeah, we always give nods to programs who have been consistently strong over the years and pioneer is one of those programs for sure. And then at 21, we take a dip into one of, uh, Dan Griesbaum juniors picks. I believe it was, was it you or was it? It was, yeah, it was junior. junior. Okay. So uh, Homer is here at 21, and you talk about consistency and continuity. Goodness, I mean, Homer's been around for quite literally forever on the baseball side of things, and I think you know a little bit more about that than I do, so I'm going to hand this one off to you. Yeah, it's a lot of my Homer knowledge Like, comes from when I was at Central Michigan, and, you know, just CMU had players from Homer all the time. Like, you know, all-time greats who kind of went there. And then it was consistently like a highly recruited school um, in that part of the state. And so, yeah, this is another like longevity pick. Uh, the MHSBCA poll, I think, had them at number two in D3 um, a few months ago. We talked about that on two different shows. Um, just a, another program we expect to have a strong year, really, to, to break it down as simply as possible. And then at 20, we have... Richmond, so we go a little bit to the closer to the thumb here, and uh, Richmond's a team that, oddly enough, I do know a couple guys on, and I think that that team is going to be strong uh, in its rotation because they do have a couple guys there who are college guys in that rotation, specifically Ben Hitzelberger, who's a left-hander, uh, flashing uh, high eights right now, and then you have Hudson Davenport, who's a guy who's going to hit the life out of the ball, Eastern Michigan commit. Uh, and, and he's a guy who could be one of the better hitters in the state, given I think he'll he, he's always faced really high competition in, in summer ball. And you kind of see those things translate. I mean, you can look at a lot of St. Mary's team as guys who go play really high level travel ball, then come back to high school. And it's kind of like turning the game from uh, legendary mode to like all star. So nothing, nothing too stark, but still a difference there. And I think that'll play into his favor at Richmond. Uh, and then again, continuity, you know, and consistency. Mm-hmm. Richmond's a team that always goes deep and Richmond's a team that's got really good coaching and has uh, expectations to make it far, you know, like they're not going to, um, throw a parade for a uh, league title or, you know, that's, that's, that's an expectation for them up there. And I think that, um, that goes along with winning in the tournament as well. So, uh, yeah, Richmond is at 20. And number 19, we're going to go back up into that uh, that no man's land between Detroit and Flint and uh, Fenton at number 19. Um, weirdly enough, I have some connections to the area. My whole paternal side of the family either lives in Flushing, Grand Blanc, or Fenton. Uh, so I am somewhat familiar with the area, and I am somewhat familiar with their team. 
Um, some pretty good arms there leading the way. Obviously, Kyle Crow in, in 2023 is a high-end guy. Um, Alfred behind him in the rotation. Um, Luck kind of leading the way offensively, just a hit-getter, like scrappy ball player at the top of the lineup. And I think they got some depth there, too. Um, I think that's another team that could that could really make a run at it. And then at 18... We have Stevensville Lakeshore, a team that was highly ranked by the coaches, uh, especially the, in that MHSBCA poll, which while this is certainly a poll, uh, we most definitely considered that one uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, and Lakeshore is a team that will make some noise this year. That has been uh, said by a lot of people, not just one or two. Uh, so I think Stevensville Lakeshore 18 was a solid choice for us. We knew we had to get them in there one way or another. How they got to 18 was a little interesting. Uh, I think one had us higher than the other. Uh, but And you could say that about a lot of these picks, especially as we start to get closer here to 15. Um, but yeah, Lakeshore is at 18. Yeah, and that's a another perennial powerhouse in D2. Um, they knocked us out of the state semis in 2018. Um, we kind of circle them every year as far as like, okay, this, is, this might who we you know, see at the end, um, or close to the end, just a team we expect every year to, to go deep into the playoffs. Then at 17, we've got Celine. Celine's going to have some guys this year, uh, per usual. That is a program that just oozes talent. There's always guys there. Uh, scoop Harden's there. He's a guy who's going to, who's certainly going to Chuck for them. Um, and hit the ball really well for them. Uh, they got a few other guys. I mean, it's Celine, man. They're always going to have dudes. And uh, the coaching is always going to be top-notch. Um, and that is a, another place, another community. You talk about communities and how important the backing of a community is to a program's success. I mean, Celine rallies around its baseball team uh, very much so. So uh, Celine is at 17, and that's a team that I think can skyrocket. You know, like that's a team whose upside is far higher than 17. It's just on paper they're 17. Um, but given that program's uh, consistent success over the past decade plus, uh, you wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, knock off a bunch of good teams early on. And that little pocket of Michigan, like that Ann Arbor metro area, like that's really good baseball. Celine, Pioneer, um, Ann Arbor Gabriel Richard is good. Uh, you look outside of the city limits and like Dexter and Chelsea are always pretty quality baseball programs too. Like that's sneaky good baseball in that area. Yeah, it certainly it is. Certainly it is. Uh, and then at 16, we've got Lakeland. Uh, Lakeland is a team that I picked in the team fantasy draft. And, you know, Coach Farquhar has done a really good job there. I think that team has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and I think that plays into their favor. Uh, I think that they have a pretty strong pitching staff, and they're going to hit the ball. I think offensively they've always been pretty good there. So I think uh, I think Lakeland's healthy at 16, and Lakeland also a team similar to the Celine that I think can use those first two weeks of their schedule as ammo and really skyrocket up the up the polls here. Uh, but that's a team that I think could could seriously end up a top 10 team when it's all said and done. But 16's right where they need to be right now. Can we name them the fighting Farquhars? That would be, that, yeah. the mascot would be incredible. Right? Right. 
It would be, it would have to be uh, Lord Farquhar from uh, Shrek, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, shouts out, Coach Farquhar. Thanks for listening. Um, let, let's let's move right on to the top fifteen, and uh, we actually went back to back here with uh, schools that were omitted from the MHSBCA poll that we felt were. Oh, I'm sorry. I, we're not going back to back. That's number not yet. 14. Not yet. No, my bad. My bad. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about in a few short minutes. Um, number 15, Detroit Catholic Central. We're going to hit that Detroit Catholic League. Um, you'll see a couple more of those schools on this list as we as we rise up it. Um, CC new coaching staff this year, breaking in a new staff, and they have a good team to do it with. I think they'll be uh, pesky, offensive. They'll run. Um, they always give us fits as far as like driving up pitch counts and, you know, stuff like that. Even in games we'd win, it would be like, you know, you, you feel like you lost after just cause you're so damn tired. Um, but yeah, I expect that to be a good club per usual. Yeah. I mean, CC, it's interesting because you talk about having a new staff and, I think having a new staff at a big program always goes one way or another in the first year, right? It's either like an incredible year or an incredibly bad year. And Gross Point North did that in 2019. You know, you talk about a coach who was there for like 30 years or something along those lines in Sambara, and then new coach comes in and they win 30 plus games. And that's not a discredit to Sambara by any means. It's more so a credit to the pure talents on that roster. But regardless of first year staff, uh, you kind of have all your hands in the air and you're like, I'm not entirely sure how this is going to work out. They're very good. Um, but obviously that coach is hired for a reason. I'm not sure on the background there, uh, but that's a school who's uberly talented. They always bring a very high level of energy into games. And I think that that translates really well. And that, that just, just the nature of that school, uh, similar to St. Mary's in that there is a very tight knit um, kind of brotherhood given the uh, the private school and, and all of that. So moving on from 15, you go to 14, and that is the team you were trying to subtly drop there a minute ago when you said <laughs> back-to-back. So Lakeland was omitted from the MHSBCA poll, and so was our number 14-ranked team, Detroit Country Day. And this is a team who has as many Division One commits as any school not named St. Mary's, and they are absolutely loaded offensively and defensively rotation wise. That's kind of where everything is a little bit in question for them. I'm not sure what they're going to roll out rotation wise. Uh, but regardless, you talk about Saborn Campbell, you talk about Anthony Migliaccio, Gabe Nazelli. Um, I mean, I'm surely forgetting about some people off the top of my head, but I mean, just guys who are really good ball players. And guys who are going to certainly push the needle in Michigan baseball uh, and then some. And I think that they're going to be a team who wins a ton of games this year. Yeah. And I think you'd hit the nail on the head there. Like, we got to see what the pitching is like. Um, We just have to see it. That's not a knock on anybody. We just let's see what it looks like. Um, But the offense should go, you know, Saborn and, and Miggs and. Um, Brandon Mann and Nazelli and, and they just should be really good top to bottom as it usually is. And then we move on to number 13, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Coach, I think you know a little bit about this team. 
given uh, and I, I think I'm right here. This is this was the state final in 2019, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so St. Mary's and GRCC played in the 2019 state final. So GRCC finds their way to our poll here at number 13. Based on what we know, they were pretty young in 19. They should be returning some of those guys here in 21. And those that that alone should translate into, into some success. And you're going to see a theme here. And if you don't, listen a little closer. This team and this program has some consistency. You know, and given that nobody's taken a field in two years, a lot of what we had to rank these teams on was like, okay, who's got a some players and b some consistency and continuity and success their program, and GRCC fit fit that bill to a T. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, like you said, they were state runners up in 2019 in Division Two. Um, I'm pretty sure they were a younger team at the time. Um, you know, not to say that they didn't have veterans, but on average. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's tough to say like juniors from 2019 are, are no longer playing high school baseball. Like that's weird. You know, like we're missing two classes versus missing one class every year. Um, so that makes it more difficult to project, but at the same time, like give the nod to a team who was right there in 2019 and, and should be good again and should bring some players back. And then at number 12, We've got Rockford. Rockford, a team that was brought up to us plenty of times um, via DM, via comment, tweet, whatever it was. Uh, We heard a lot about Rockford, and uh, they've got some guys there, most definitely. And I think they will do extremely well in their division, or uh, I'm sorry, in their their league. And then uh, apart from that, a team who regularly makes their name known in the tournament and could certainly make their way out of their region this year. Yeah, and this is a team that we've seen. Like at St. Mary's, Matt tries to schedule non-leagues against really good programs, and, and we've seen Rockford over the years. And um, We've played them in, in a tournament out on the west side that we like to do every year uh, in non-COVID years. Um, so yeah, man, more or less just a, just kind of a perennial western Michigan powerhouse that we expect to be that again. And then at 11... You got Grand Ledge, and they've got a new coaching staff coming in. And Grand Ledge was a school who made a deep run in 2019, uh, in 2018. I'm pretty sure that they did the same probably some years before that as well. Uh, And new coaching staff again, so it'll make things interesting, but got a lot coming back. And I think that that team has regularly shown out uh, in the tournament and in their league and in their division overall. And I don't see that changing this year. No. And with that being said, Brandon, let's go to the top 10. Let's go to the top 10. At number 10 in the Cold Weather Bats inaugural Super 25 poll, we're going to go right back down river, baby. Woodhaven, stand up. You are number 10. The Warriors, uh, Coach Corey Farner. Former uh, Taylor Kennedy coach before coming over to Woodhaven and absolutely uh, flipping that place upside down uh, from a program who had never won a district title before his tenure began and has now won, I believe, six straight or five straight league titles in the Downriver League. 
uh, won districts in 2018, accompanied with a state final run in 2018, and then in 2019 made it to the regional final where they lost to eventual state champion Portage Northern. Ryan Chapaniak will be the ace on the mound, and he'll be among the top 10 pitchers in the state at that ace position, in my opinion. Uh, running at low nines up to mid nines. And he's a guy committed to Michigan state who has some, not, not uh, maybe not to the pedigree of, of Ottenbright, but still has some draft stock all the same. Uh, Woodhaven is a, a school that, and I think we've said this about a couple schools so far, but it's a school that even if you don't know everything about their roster, like you can trust that that roster is going to be good. And you, I don't think you could say that before Farner's arrival, but uh, whether that has to do with him or just a little bit of the luck of the draw and getting a lot of good kids in Woodhaven so far uh, in the past few years, um, either way, that seems to always be the case. I think names that stand out or it's like, hey, we didn't know these guys were going to be great. Um, they weren't Colin Chikowski, like the big name that stood out. But you think about guys like Nate Overton and guys like Kyle Ray, who's at Wayne State now. And those were guys who were huge pillars in what the success at Woodhaven has kind of turned into from a consistency standpoint, who we might not have known about in a situation like this. Like if we were, if we were doing cold weather bats in 2018, like I probably would have just name dropped uh, Shikowski, right? So uh, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, you know, Woodhaven on paper, you're thinking like, okay, well, what are they going to bring in rotation wise after Shapaniak? And then from the lineup, what are they going to have past that five hole? Um, but it's one of those things where you have a hard time believing it's not going to be as good as what it's been in the years past. Yeah, no question. It just, we expect it to be good again. And it, I, I mean, there's really not a whole lot else to say about it, honestly. <laughs> well, that brings us to number nine and we will go a little bit North for this one. And we're going to Saginaw Swan Valley. Uh, school who has one of the better pitchers in the state, Avery Goldensoft, but I'll let you break us down with Swan Valley. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. I think it starts with Goldensoft. Um, you're talking about a guy who's committed to Michigan who will likely get some scout attention um, this spring as it warms up and area guys start circling around on, on guys a little bit lower down their priority list. Um, really good breaking ball. You've coached him, obviously. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. Aces kind of lead the way in high school baseball. That's just reality. You know, you can have great bats and you can have great lineups and you need all the above to win the state championship, but it starts on the mound. It really does. If you have a no doubt ace, you can beat a, pretty much any school who comes out in front of you. Then that's just reality. And I think that's what, uh, that's what Swan Valley has along with some depth behind him, along with some, uh, consistency of success there. And then we're very comfortable with them as a top 10 club. And then that takes us to number eight, uh, who is Brighton and, uh, Brighton was the MHSBCA division one, number one team. Uh, and they fall at eight on our poll uh, among all divisions. And we talked with, uh, you know, Coach Kristner earlier this year. Uh, they've You talk about aces. I mean, shoot, they got Easton Story, left-hander, uh, floating it up to 88. And a guy who is chucking and has been doing it in different states here during the offseason um, for a pretty good organization. So he's a guy who I think, and probably a lot of people think based on that poll, is going to mow through a lot of opponents for Brighton and you talk about the importance of aces and uh, he's got the opportunity in his first year of high school baseball to be one for Brighton. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, this there's going to be a lot of this on this list. A lot of these guys, like we're talking about the class of 2023 and then to a lesser degree 2024, um, who have not played an inning of high school baseball yet. Like the, the first inning they play this weekend or next week or whatever will be their first one of their careers. Uh, and a lot of these schools that we're talking about are going to be counting on players of that of those grades. Um, you'll see that come into play in a big way, especially once we get further up the list. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to kind of at that point go by what they've done in summer ball, go by what they've done in, in various showcases. And um, I think stories performed really well. I, I think that as a lefty with velo and breaking ball and strikes, like you can win most games you play just having that, you know, out, out in front. Um, and, and Coach Christner talked about, you know, he's got he's got a veteran behind the plate who he likes, who that that's really going to help, especially with a younger pitching staff, and um, just you know, really optimistic about them long term. And number seven, we are sticking to the theme here, four in a row from Woodhaven down to Garber of uh, the story of aces. Yep. And with Exxonville Garber, they got Tommy Shapansky, another Michigan commit, uh, really big bodied kid who can pitch with a lot of movement and definitely has the knack to uh, overlay and design. And, um, you know, we saw that last summer. He went out and had a really good summer. And uh, he's a guy who I think is going to mow through that league easily. Uh, I shouldn't say easily, but he will mow through that league. I think it's easy to make that assumption is what I mean by that. And he's a guy that uh, will carry that team, I think, through at least when he's called upon in the tournament. Um, and then throughout the regular season, I think that they're a pretty good, uh, pretty good choice to win their, to win their league and then uh, make it out of their region. And moving on to number six, um, this is a club that you and I both considered in D1 as far as our state championship pick, uh, Portage Central. Uh, the the other Portage school we already talked about Portage Northern um, having them both kind of in the in the range of this list is obviously a, a credit to to the coaching in, in that general area um, but yeah Portage Central specifically at number six uh, they got some star power there we've talked about it quite a bit Luke Alito plays there everybody knows who Luke Alito is um, Gavin Brzezowski is probably I would imagine leading the way on the mound he can also swing it um, your guy McDonald's there. That's a that's a big big piece. Um, just you know, we'll see. They may be a little top heavy, but but we'll see how it plays out. Um, but either way, like when when your team has those three guys, it's hard not to expect your team to be good. Yeah, and I think that you make a really good point there actually because you, you named three guys and one's the shortstop, one's the ace, and one's the center fielder. And when you can sit there on day one of tryouts and cross your legs and be like, well, we know who our ace, our shortstop, and our center fielder is. The rest will figure itself out. It's a pretty, mm-hmm. good, pretty good spot to be in. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, and moving on, here we go. Top five, baby. Top five. Are you ready for it? I'm excited for it. <laughs> we, Brandon's really into Rocky today. Um, really into Rocky. Anyways. It's early. Num- number five. Um, this was, this is where we, uh, you know, like, I'd like to say like, it it gets easier, the higher you go on this, as far as like agreeing on where to rank teams, but that's not really the case. Um, Brandon and I were, the way we did this was like, we each kind of sent each other our top tens and then saw who we had different and then went on from there and like mixed and matched and averaged out. Like if I had a team at 12 and he had them at 18, they were probably at 15 just as a hypothetical. Um, and that's kind of the way we did things. 
But uh, yeah, so so it was difficult, these top five. And number five, my state championship pick in D1, Grand Blank. Um, I think that they will be really stacked on the mound. Obviously, you you have heard from Coach Hubs on this episode even. Uh, David Lally leads the way on the mound. I think they have some good players behind him. Um, I saw Kyle Keener uh, pitch at the showcase about a, about a month ago. Um, wasn't really slinging it all that hard. You know, I think it was like 80, 84, but like dude pounded the zone with three pitches. The fastball's got a lot of sink to it. He, he's really comfortable throwing the slider. He's really comfortable, uh, throwing the change up to both sides of the plate. Like I think the velo ticks up there. Like I'm not really worried about that, but like they're all of a sudden those are two guys and those are just the two we've seen. You know, there, there's plenty more there. Yeah, and that like continues to be the theme with with these teams, especially when we get into this top ten and now one of the top five is you know they, there's a few guys we know, and then past that it's like how much better can they get? Well, we know they probably could, right? And uh, yep. and that's kind of what you expect to see in. And I guess not see, I guess that's what you expect to see reflected in the weeks four and five polls when you're starting to see far more uh, changes based on that. Uh, And then we'll take this into number four. And I think this is only fate that I got to read off number four. Uh, Gross Point North and the Norsemen are loaded and especially on the mount. And uh, that's that's kind of the inspiration behind getting them as high as we got them or putting them as high as we put them because I mean, goodness gracious, you've got three lefties in the mid eights or up to mid eights. Some of them are hovering around 82, 83, but either way you got three lefties alone there. One of them's committed to Bowling Green. The other two are brothers and they're both going to go play division one ball somewhere more than likely. Uh, and then you've got not to mention Jordan Arsenal, a right-hander who's just nonchalantly in that group of those four guys there who could be a number two or three, or maybe even a one. Uh, and he's a right-hander with a heavy fastball and a biting slider. So you got a lot of balance on the mound. You got a lot of options on the mound. Uh, and I guess it's kind of up to your interpretation. Would you rather have a lot of options on the mound or would you rather have hitters one through seven with one ace? I don't, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where, uh, you go with North because of that. Now, that being said, two of those pitchers are probably going to two way in college. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like they're, they're all, their lineup ain't bad either by, <laughs> by any means. And, um, I think that they're going to hit pretty well and I think they're going to pitch really well. And it's hard to, it's hard to not go with that, you know? So I, I, I had to put them pretty high up. Yeah. Very fair. I, I was right there with you. I think that we, we each kind of, when we made our D1 picks, we kind of picked from um, a group of four schools, and you're seeing them three, four, five, six here. We talked about Porter Central. We talked about Grand Blank. We just talked about Gross Point North. And our number three team is Brother Rice. Um, neither one of us picked them to win the state title, and yet we have them ranked over both schools that we do. Uh, a little bit of an interesting dynamic that we talked about, but I think when you lay it out on paper, Rice is the most talented team. Of those group. Now that doesn't mean they're going to win the state title. That I think any one of those four plus others, including Brighton, including Woodhaven, and so on, are state championship contenders in Division One. Um, but when you lay it out, when you just look at it in terms of talent on paper, I think Brother Rice is super talented. I think they're really good on the mound. I think they're really good in the outfield. Um, the infield will have to see as it comes along. The overall lineup construction we'll see as it comes along. But I mean, there's, you know. 
and like I, I can't speak for historical Brother Rice teams. Like I played in the smaller portion of the Catholic League. I never played against Brother Rice, but uh, coaching at St. Mary's every time it's a war, man. It's a war. That's just reality. Like we go there, they come to St. Mary's, whatever it is. It's um, I don't know if there's two better coaches in the state of Michigan than than Riker and Petrie, and it's just uh, and the irony is that Petrie played for Riker. Um, you know, it just, I expect them to be outstanding. I expect every game we play against them to be a nail biter down to the wire, just two giants, you know, trading blows. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think that Rice is going to be really good, obviously. Not to mention they have a little fellow named John Locker who can throw the ball pretty hard, huh? Yeah, they have a bunch of arms. That's what I'm saying, dude. Is Locker's back. He, he spent the fall at IMG, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking a little bit, um, without knowledge here, but I'd imagine that once the realization that we would be able to play up here in the spring kicked in, then that's kind of what motivated the decision to come back. I don't want to speak for John. I'm just speculating there. Um, but behind him, you know, like Jake Coulter's committed to Kentucky. Uh, he's a long, lanky righty who also plays quarterback, who's a good player. Um, we've talked about Alfredo Velasquez on this show, kind of a table setter leadoff guy who can find the barrel and run. Um, and they have, you know, like the, the Wilsensky kid who's committed to TCU. Like it, it just doesn't stop with them on the mound. Yeah. And then they got guys in that 23 class and that 24 class who we mm-hmm. haven't seen quite yet. And, uh, you know, who knows, right? Like, who knows? Um, and then we take from number three, we go to number two. It's the private school special here in the cold weather bats, super 25 top three. Number three is brother rice. Number two is the university Liggett. Dan Samini's, uh, Knights are once again, going to have a very good baseball team. It's if you are a cold weather bats lifer, then you know all about this team because we had Dan Samini on the show. We've also talked about them in the um, team draft. We've talked about them in, in, in many different scenarios. Uh, Jaron Purify, Reggie Sharp, Matt Green, uh, Jack Jones, Ryan Jones, uh, Joey Randazzo. Uh, I've got to be... Th- Oliver Service, you know, how how, how can you start <laughs> off with Oliver Service? Uh they're they're loaded, man. They're gonna hit the they're gonna hit the life out of the ball, probably one through nine. Maybe one through seven sounds a little bit more realistic, but they're gonna hit the ball. Uh from a pitching standpoint, Jack Jones will be really good. Uh I'm drawing a blank on uh the rotation here. So the rotation uh isn't what like shines a huge light, but that lineup is whew. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's you know, we can only say they're young so many times. Like, they're young. We get it, man. Like, who knows how that's going to go? Um, you know, you, young players get punched in the mouth sometimes. You know, Alex Mooney started as a freshman and, and had stretches where he was an empty stick. And that happens. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how talented you are. Like, once the, the bullets start flying, proverbially, you know, it, it's a little bit different. I have no questions that they're going to respond. I've seen a bunch of their their younger players play. Um, I think they'll hit. I think they'll hit for power. I think they'll run. Um, I think they'll play aggressively. They'll they'll put pressure on teams. And uh, you know, it just when when you have that kind of offense, we talked about pitching leading the way. But when you have that kind of offense, pretty much just like you know, keep us in the game, throw strikes. You know, like no easy runs, no no giveaway runs, like stuff like that. And Liggett has always been a strike throwing team, so I'm not particularly concerned about that either. I just there's really nothing to be concerned about. I think they're really good. Yeah, and and I think like you said, 
the command element of the mound. If you can control your rotation enough to throw strikes, that's that's great. Especially when you have a defense uh, with hands like they have in the middle there, and uh, even in the outfield. Um, so that's a team that really doesn't have any flaws. The only flaw is that they is that they're they're young. That's it. And will that translate or will it not? Thankfully, speculation is soon ending and we will find out. This takes us to number one. And this was agreed upon by both parties. There was a warm reception from all the coaches on the on the top choice. So this was, I think, unquestionably the number one choice. And it is Orchard Lake St. Mary's ranked number one in the state this year uh, by our rankings. I think Perfect Game ranked them number seven in the country. Uh, they are a prolific team with tons of talent, top to bottom, uh, and even on the bench a little bit here and there, who I'm sure will get some time to. Uh, they've been built like this for years by Matt Petrie. Uh, it has been the definition of perennial powerhouse. Um, and, and they've done it more so than anybody in my lifetime, albeit a short lifetime. Um, but the best program that I've been around, uh, and this is kind of like what it all culminates to is this, is this season. Um, because this has been a very interesting time having to sit out for two years, but you come back with this team and it should make it a little bit more special. Uh, obviously, Brian, I talked to you quite a bit about this team, so I do have some some intel there as far as uh, your guys' feelings going into the season. So, um, yeah, St. Mary's, man. I mean, Alex Mooney, Ryan Mooney, Jason Oliver, Ryan McKay, Nolan Schubert, Ike Irish, Jeez, uh, Brock Porter, <laughs> uh, Jake Dresselhouse, Titus, uh, I mean, come on, it's it's a very good team. They're going to, they're going to oh Crichton just nonchalantly forgot about Crichton. Uh, so they're going to be they're going to be good. Uh, and uh, for me, it was it was an unquestionable number one choice for me. Um, yeah, I I don't know how. I know you can't be that bullish. I, mean, I, I took like care I, of the bullish for you. Like I agree, but like you know, like who. I, I don't know, man. Like, there's half of me, like, the cold weather bat side of me is like, yeah, number one, let's talk about him, bro. And then the other side of me is like, well, you know, like the coaching side of me is like, well, let's not, you know, we got to play the damn games. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think we're going to be really good. I, I think that we're going to um, hit really well. I think we're going to be athletic. I think we're going to run. Um, I don't know if, if, I, I mean, I, Porter is as special as we know. I think our pitching staff has taken strides. Um, a year ago, you know, prior to COVID shutting down, a year ago, we're we're sitting there with with um, maybe the deepest pitching staff we'd ever seen, uh, and then COVID banged it, and you lost four or five guys who were going to be huge contributors. And so, throughout the course of the offseason, it was it was a consistent uh, theme in the coaching group chat was like, all right, well, we need more pitching depth. Like, all right, well, we need more pitching depth. Like, who's going to take the jump? Who's going to make strides? And to a man, everybody kind of has, and that's exciting. Um, we need to see guys kind of throw more strikes. Uh, we're looking forward to to seeing what guys look like here now with tryouts. Um, but Porter leading the way, I think John Essig behind him, um, a left-hander who is committed to Ashland along with his twin brother Steve, who's a catcher. Um, just a, he's going to be low mid eighties and spin a really good breaking ball and throw strikes and, and going to be a really good look from that left side. Um, Tommy Allman has made strides. He's the Jacksonville commit. Uh, we're excited about him. 
we're excited about some of the younger guys like Kieran Cahey and, and Jake Keezer's a guy who transferred in before 2020 and hasn't been able to play yet, but now he's going to, and, and he's going to be a power arm and, um, but we're going to be counting on young guys too. Like that's reality. I, I think that there's a, a likelihood that we, we end up starting three sophomores. Um, you know, I haven't like seen Matt's, you know, grand design for, for what the opening day lineup is going to be on Saturday against Catholic Central. But I think that Ryan Mooney, I think Jason Oliver, and I think Ryan McKay all have, all are realistically going to start. Um, those are all 2023s who, who have bright futures and with Mooney and, uh, Oliver already committed D1, and, and I think McKay will be that way too. Um, but like again, for as good as we might think we are, or as talented as we might think we are, or as good as others might think we are, like whatever, like those guys still haven't had a high school at bat, and we play in the Catholic League, and there ain't no warm up. We're, we're going rolling right into CC for doubleheader on Saturday. That'll be the first game, you know. So it's <laughs> we'll see, man. Like I think we're really good, but we'll see. That's kind of what it ends up being. Yeah, and I think you're completely fair for all of that. That was, that was there's uh, there's honor in being the number one team, and then there's uh, being the number one team and also hosting the show. So I don't envy you. Uh, that wraps up our first ever inaugural preseason cold weather bats super 25 poll uh and just to recap and shortly take you through this quick and easy our honorable mentions were cardinal mooney portage northern forest hills eastern grand rapids christian and blissfield and then from 25 to 1 it was detroit edison trenton canton ann arbor pioneer homer richmond fenton stevensville lakeshore saline lakeland Detroit Catholic Central, Detroit Country Day, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, Rockford, Grand Ledge, Woodhaven, Saginaw Swan Valley, Brighton, Essexville Garber, Portage Central, Grand Blank, Gross Point North, Brother Rice, University Liggett, and Orchard Lake, St. Mary's Prep. So that wraps up the Super 25. And what a Super 25 it was. Um, more or less, folks, that's a... Uh that's more or less the show because we've talked quite a bit um, to do some housekeeping. This is going to be like, this is the release. The first people who are going to be aware of this are you listening to it. Um, we plan to put out, you know, graphics on social media after we've enticed enough of you to listen to the show, obviously, because that's business right there, baby. Um, but this, this is going to be a, yeah, this, this is going to be a, a collaborative isn't the right word, but this is going to be like a crowdsourced thing. Let us know your thoughts, slide in the DMS, respond publicly, call me an idiot. I, I don't really care. Um, we want this to be a, a, uh, like we said, man, like crowdsourced. We want this to be like a, a, uh, like a community marketplace where everybody's talking about it and everybody's giving us their thoughts. And, and we welcome that. Um, and with that being said, a little housekeeping to take us out. Follow the show on Twitter and at and on Instagram at ColdWeatherBats. We are a cross-platform brand. Um, please buy a hat. <laughs> we keep hat. saying that. Hashtag buy a hat. Um, let's see, what else? A special shout out to producer James, who is a rock star and the GOAT. Um Shout out to all the coaches who have helped us with this poll, who have taken the time to give us their thoughts, who have taken the time to read it uh, and just kind of kind of be a, a sounding board for us. That's been instrumental and huge, and we thank you for that. 
Um, and reminder to please on your listening platform, whether that be Apple or Spotify or Podbean or whatever, uh, please subscribe to the show. That helps us. Please rate the show. If you could just like, you know, click the five stars at the bottom of the Apple podcast there, that'd be fantastic. And if you're feeling so inclined, leave us a review. We'd appreciate that too. The, all of those things help us uh, as far as gaining um, popularity. I hate that term, but gaining popularity for the show and and, and finding it on some charts, uh, some baseball listen charts, like whatever, however they do it. Um, but all that, all that's beneficial to us. And, and if you like the show, um, we appreciate your support in that sense. Uh, for Brandon, I'm Brian. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, Michigan. See ya.